be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I'm your host, David. Joined today, Colin and Renee Cornett. I've known you all, probably what? When did we first meet? Cub Scouts. Yeah, so that was what, 2013, 14? Yeah, somewhere into there. So, um, but uh, just kind of give a real quick introduction as to who you are. I know who you are, but most of these people won't. Some probably will, maybe. I don't know. Uh, my name's Renee Cornett. Um, I've lived in Harlan, Kentucky all of my life. Uh, for my job, I'm the unit director at our local um, Boys and Girls Club. Um, I got into ultra running probably, I think, about six years ago. Um, I've battled with my weight a lot, so I've kind of went back and forth on that. I'm back down again. Um, I guess we'll talk about that one yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you, um, you both look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I better not <than> idea. <laughs> I've gone the other direction here lately. So, uh, Mom, I've got two boys, um, and I'm 41. So, oh, and I'm still in college, but I'm about to graduate in uh, May from EKU. What about you, Colin? Okay, my name's Colin uh, Cornett. Lived in Harlem my whole life. Underground minor, 18 years. Last two years, I'm a supervisor at UPS and director of maintenance of a, at a long-term health care facility. Got an ultra running uh, due to David Vance. <laughs> we run a half marathon. He said, you can run a half. You probably run a 50K. Yeah. Come with us to Holston River. That's how it all started. And that's a great race. Yeah. Um, that was a great race. Yeah. Too bad it's not around anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, is she still doing the Buffalo now? or She is. But I tell Colin at least like once a week, if there was still hosting Valley, I would already had 100 by now because that was just the easy flight. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was real rentable. It was the easy. It was hard, but it was also easy just to get your miles on it. Right. Um, here, here, here's a little quick clip I'll play of, of Jason, which we'll get into talking about of some of the races okay. and some of the thing. But this, these two clips I was going to play is what always – to me, kind of summed up um, ultra running. There is no easy. There, there is no easy 50K. There is no easy 5K, you know. And when I hear people talk in those terms and I hear people talk it's just a 50K or it's just 50 miles, I, I think it devalues people's efforts. And I, I can't stand it. I, I don't I have zero tolerance for that. Here's one other one. See if you know who this is. I think people are obsessed with comfort to the point that they forget. And if you don't have any discomfort in your life, how do you know when you feel good? Yeah, I've, I've heard you say that I don't know how many times. I used to actually have that on a post-it note in my truck and looked at it every day. I mean, that, that sound, to me, that sounds ultra running mm-hmm. up. I mean, you know, you talked about the Holston. For me, the Holston, was always, that was the very first race that destroyed my feet yeah that the first year on those gravels was uh was a rough one 
like mentioning introducing you all to ultra and saying that if you could run a half, you can run an ultra. If you can run a marathon, well, yeah. If you can run a five k at a, I don't say at a fast pace because mm-hmm. there's a lot of fast fast people that couldn't do an ultra mm-hmm. off of five k running. But you're talking about really fast people. But if you can enjoy a 5K, because mm-hmm. to me, a 5K is one of the most unenjoyable races to I, run. I agree. I <laughs> it, hate them. Because it, it's just a rough race. Yeah. I just I always describe 5Ks and why I don't like to run them anymore at all. It's because you have to go full throttle for three miles. <laughs> right. So for three miles, you're, there's no... Right. It's, it's just miserable. Because it's just three miles. So you right. have to constantly be pushing and grinding and pushing even more. Um, yeah, I think 5Ks are miserable, too. Yeah, if you can get out there and you can enjoy that yeah. 5K and just keep that nice pace and most ultra kind of some will do a lot of run walk. Yeah. Um, however you work it in, some do time, some do distance. It, it just depends. What what what's like your? Would you all have done a lot more races um, since I did? I pulled up. I I like I said the last thing I ran distance wise was in 19 so it's been almost three years yeah since i've run any distance looking at your alls yeah you had 40 you got 44 races total on yours colin and you got 52 yeah and i know this just ultra sign up you all have run well like you run this past weekend which was uh uh hatfield mccoy but you went on trails on it you went off-road, off, yes. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. I guess I did. Because yes. we've wanted to run that one for a, a while. Laura mentions that one a lot. Every yeah. t- every year when it comes around, she always wants to It's look a for really, it, I, um, I think I described it as um, a marathon disguise, uh, ultra disguised as a marathon because that's the closest um, road race I have ever ran where it has the feel of an ultra um the mile just that mileage just wears you down like ultra mileage um but the volunteers the aid stations um it, i really had a good time there i had a, really had a good time yeah that's you know you hear people talk about ultras compared to road racing well, well jason with yeah. the yeti trail runners uh, who jason green is the uh i guess he's the founder race director mm-hmm. the godfather right yeah he <laughs> He's got it all in that. And they're a great group. Um, and they he puts on some amazing races. And you all have run a bunch of yeah. his races. Um, I think the only thing I've done of his is the Yeti. Yeah. Um, both the 50 and the 100. I've done um, Damn Yeti, the Yeti 100. Yeti Snake Bite. Um, i just done Seven Trails, which I loved. Um, I'm going to plan on going back to it in January. Um, and next year I want to do Seven Eleven, which I think is the only one that I've not ran on the East Coast. I know he has the West Coast, yeah, and I've not went out there. Yeah, because that's a Yeti hunt, or not a Yeti, but it's a Yeti hundred and a hundred k at yeah. it. So, and he's coming to Bristol next year. Yeah, your backyard yeah. for fifty k, and already threw down the challenge. What's he doing there? I mean, what's he? Where's what's the um, location? What's um, it called? I don't remember what it's I called. I can't think. He was like hanging. Hanging Bridge. No. Swinging, swinging, swinging Bridge. Bridge. I don't know where there's trails. Out. The only trail areas, a lot there I know is I think it's on his Sugar Hollow and, oh, property. on his family's property. I was thinking. Oh, so it's going to be like a, a nice looped, probably. I think. When we saw him at Packet Pickup, he was like, you're running my 50K in April, Renee. And right. I was like, okay, I am. <laughs> 
Yeah, that would be that next April. Well, that's plenty that's, enough time that's to train, enough time, right? <laughs> Which <clears throat> Laura and I both signed up for the the Yamacra this year. Yeah, we signed up last year for this year. Same, and then of course didn't make it. We, oh, we, I signed up for it too, and I just wasn't. I don't know. We don't, went to a run I, EBT in Williamson. On the it was airport, a tug, it was a Tug Valley Roadrunners. But it was an ultra. It but was it was an ultra. It was an eight-hour eight event. event. And I thought, and it was the same weekend as Yamacra. And my big goal was my Yeti 50-mile. I wanted to finish it. And I felt like between Yamacra and that EBD, I was going to get more out of running on top of that airport in the heat uh, for yeah. eight hours than I was at Yamacra, just fighting my way through the mountains, which I think it worked out good because I, I felt like I had a good race at um, Dan Yeti. To me, if you can start on the on the Creeper Trail and finish it, then, yeah. then you, that that's a win. Yeah. Um, because Same. I don't know. Well, I know. I was gonna say I don't know how many times I started a Yeti Hundred and didn't yeah. finish. I know how many times three. Same <laughs> um, three for me. Because <laughs> um, that's always one of those trails, and that's one of those things I feel like Jason was talking about. When um, it pisses him off about people's talk about easy 50K. And um, that's what I get that a lot when I tell people I was on the creeper trail because they'll go, oh, I bought that. I bought that. (laughs) Oh, that's that's all you did. That's all you did was go from what. And I'm like, yeah, that's all I did. But I was on my own feet and it's June. Yeah, that's And it's about 100 degrees. And um, I'm fighting all of this stuff and I'm out there all day. So, yeah, that's all I did. That's all I did. But I did a lot. Yeah, the creepers, uh, it's really deceiving. It's very deceiving. It is. And nobody understands it unless you've ever been on it with your feet. I'm not talking about a bike or your motorized bike. So those are my <laughs> right. favorite, too, the motorized bikes now. I um, hate bikers. With your, uh, <laughs> with your feet and having to go from point to point to point like that um, and problem solve when everything's going wrong. So it's it's very deceiving. You've done the Fall Classic, the Barkley, which we played last clip second ago i i've done it one you've done it twice now i've done it twice um which i didn't finish um i made it to the church that's where i made it to i don't know how the course went the because i ran it the year before you did your first one then you've done the two years after i don't know how the church played into that because he changes the course every year Are, are you going back for that one or well when i left i said i'd never go back I said, I, was, that, I said that in the truck as they were driving us back to the <laughs> I was pretty confident too. I was never going to go back. Um, but for some unknown reason, I went ahead and threw my name in. I'm on the wait list yet again. And I'll hopefully get in yet again. Uh, this year, last year went a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I had made it up uh, Rat Jaw, circled back around, was headed down, headed down to the church and that was where i got pulled at but it rained the entire time i was on chimney top Mm. and it was miserable i mean frozen head makes its own weather (laughs) right and if you've never been on frozen head topographical maps or words can't describe just the misery that you go through like you feel like you lose some of yourself on that mountain yeah that's what that's what my my year we started that morning and it snowed there was snow on the ground when we started and by the time i was coming down the the i can't remember the name of the the trail that comes out at the church it had to be mid 90s it was hot hot 
And so, like you said, yeah, that 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 swing of weather that it does, it does what it wants. And, you know, for it to be in September, like it was cold, like mm-hmm. chimney top was extremely cold. Yeah. And then you you know you've been on chimney top, so you know what I'm talking about. You get up that first part, and you're like, "Man, I've got it." And then you go down, and you're like, "Oh God, no! This ain't where I need to be at. This yeah. this is not how I wanted my life to go." And then you shoot back up, and then you get five fault summits because I can remember being passing these people, and they're like, "Oh, right there's the top." I'm like, "No, <laughs> no. that's not the top. That's just the top of your misery right now. You're going to do this." Four more times. Have you ever, you ever, if uh, you ever, in your head thought, "Well, I could do the big Barkley. I could, I could, I would like to do one loop." And I, I know, in my head, I've said that to myself for just a few seconds, and then you know, then reality, reality sets in. Right. You're like, "Man, I don't know about this now." Because, well, like, like I said, the the Barkley, the the Fall Classic, you doing it. I remember before making it to the first timed cutoff, way ahead. Of, I mean, I was way, way ahead of cutoff. I thought I, I'm killing it, and uh, I was like, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm definitely getting a marathon, a marathon out of it. I said, it's not the 50k. I'm definitely getting a marathon, and then it, yeah, the wheels fell off, mm-hmm. and but that that's ultra running in a hole though. Mm-hmm. That that was a couple of the questions that I threw together. What like one of them ask it to both of you um and you answer however you feel um what's what's your, like the deepest emotional hole you've ever been in in a race if if one comes to mind that you pulled yourself out of that you or or maybe not even pulled yourself out of the <laughs> other runners or your crew or whoever got you up and back out and you finished um or Maybe even if you didn't finish, but mm-hmm. you got to the point that you're like, no, I can go on. Um, because I know there's been a few times, well, a lot of times, it seems like every race I run, that, that always happened. But yeah, I can think of one in particular for me that was like my worst. But uh, what do you think for you all? I know mine exactly. So me and David go to Land Between the Lakes. Mm-hmm. I do the first loop. I'm fine. Everything's going good, as you know, as good as we expected. I get there to the middle eight to the middle eight station. Start down through there. It's nice pine pine needles laying everywhere. It's just wonderful. And then you know you just drop down the mountain, and it's just a continual slug around. And so when I come back around on the second loop, I already knew I had that there, mm. and I knew that once I left in pine needles, like the 200 foot of them that what was going to happen and i was just out there by myself and it was just like every emotion hit at one time and i was like oh my god i'm gonna die in western kentucky today (laughs) but that didn't occur again until we were leaving and we drove like three hours out to get something to eat yeah yeah (laughs) at a casey's gas station because god knows there ain't nothing in western kentucky there there was, there's less in Western Kentucky than there is in Eastern Kentucky. I don't care what they say. Yeah, all they have is horses. Horses and more farmland and more yeah. farmland. And 
Like I, I can remember laying over there in the car about ready to die from hunger and just looking instead of Casey's gas station. I'm like, I think we got to stop here. This may be the last stop for like another hundred miles. And that was mine for me. I don't think I've ever felt that low at any race. Not even the Barkley. Like it beat me up emotionally, mentally, physically, but there was just something just about knowing I was going back down and it was going to be like 10 or like, I think eight or nine, 10 miles, something like that before you hit that, that decision point. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to do this again. Can I turn around and go back? What about you? I've probably got a lot. Um, cause that's, I feel like that's what ultra running is for me. That's what I love about it. And that's what I hate about it is I'm somebody that has a lot of anxiety. Um, I overthink, I probably overfeel everything. And so that's what I love about being out there and doing the mileage is I just get to be free. And it's probably the only time in my life where my brain is kind of slows down and it kind of calms down. But it's almost like when I it calms down when I'm running, I start really thinking about everything that I'm so aware of my body and where I'm at and what's going on that that causes me problems. Um, but there's something about going to that dark place that I really like. It's almost like if I haven't done an ultra in a while and I haven't went into that dark place, I'm not happy. Um, and I don't know how everybody else is, but that's just how I am. Um, but there's a couple that, um, my first Yeti 100, I didn't pull myself out of it. Um, and I think about that all the time. Like I just, I made it, I was, I ran such a good race. Um, I don't even like talking about it cause it just bothers me so bad. Cause <laughs> I trained my hind end off, like busting my tail and ran an awesome race all day. Um, nothing was wrong with me. Nothing was hurting. Nothing. The wheels, the, the I wouldn't think the wheels fell off. I just started back up to white top. And really to Taylor's Valley. And it was just like the thought of me having to be out there all night. Kind of like what caught. It just started. I could not get my brain to stop thinking about I was going to have to be out there all night. And I had to go to White Top. And don't even remember. I think I was having panic attacks. When I have panic attacks. I can't remember what's going on. Don't remember how I made it to Taylor's Valley. And I remember seeing Colin. And that was his first time really seeing me in a distance like that. Where I was um like mentally like breaking down and he didn't know what to do because i just kept saying i can't go on i can't go on he's like what's wrong what's wrong with you um if you don't think you can go on you can just quit and i kept trying to pull myself out of it i was like no and i remember taking off and that was when sean blanton was sitting in taylor's valley and he was taking notes of who i was going up and i remember leaving him and he was like oh you're leaving good job and i probably made it 10 feet above him walked back and just like collapsed in taylor's mm. valley and was just crying and i was like i quit i can't do it um got in the car it was awful i don't even like thinking about it um i pulled myself out of it um probably the best i've ever done um at the 50 mile in june because i came down i was running a good race i came down into damascus I don't even know how to say what. I just had, um, I had personal problems because I'm a lady. Um, and so personal problems just literally like blew up in um, Damascus. He had already left me at that point. I didn't have any help. Um, it was pretty bad. I made it to um, the bathroom and I'm not a fast runner. So I have to always be making, you know, like right. you're, we kind of run the same. We're not fast, but we can keep going. Right. And so the whole time I'm just thinking, this is what's going to cause me the 
DNF my 50 mile. I was like, I'm going to lose another 50 mile over just junk, over stupid stuff. So I lost time there just trying to get everything fixed and I had to change clothes. Um, and so I knew I had to bust my butt to get to Alvarado. And that's always the hardest stretch. Anybody that's ever been on that trail, that's your hardest stretch is from Damascus to Alvarado because right. you come off of White Top and you're into Damascus and it's shady and it's cool and you're not really in the sun. And then you leave that to Damascus to Alvarado and it, I describe it as the pits of hell. It's the only way. It's just like steam. You're getting roasted. There's no relief on that trail. Um, and I did not run lower than a 12 minute mile from Damascus to Alvarado, which is pretty booking it for me in that heat. Um, I came into Alvarado and he was trying to get me to sit and like eat and try to really take care of me. And I was like, no, I gotta go. I'm going to Abingdon. I've got to get there. I can't stop. And he seen me in Watauga, and it was kind of the same thing. I was like, no, I'm going to Ivingdon. And I'll never forget coming up through there. And I mean, and I'm, you know how it is. When then you got problems from Alvarado to Ivingdon because you get that incline again, which isn't a crazy incline. I'm not going to tell you it feels like climbing a mountain, but after being flat right, all day, you, you definitely notice it. It messes with you. Yeah. So, and I'm still picking my feet up because I'm like, this ain't how I'm going out. This ain't how I'm making it. Um, I'll never forget seeing the two Yeti signs. And I saw people over here with the iPads. And I knew, I was like, that's my turnaround. That's my people. And I walked over there and I said, I'm a 50 miler. And she said, yeah, you are. And <laughs> I said, but I made it here. And that guy was like, yeah. And I said, and I get to turn around now. He was like, yeah, you do. And I just turned around and was just started bawling my eyes out. And I messaged him and was like, you're not going to see me because I'm already turned around headed to Alvarado. I made it. Um, and made it like an hour before my... Now, after that's when the wheels fell off again and I had to keep moving because I had issues where I hadn't had anything to eat for so long. And I'd pushed on that mileage when I probably should have backed off in the heat of the day. But I stayed moving consistently. But that's probably the best time that I've ever had where everything could have made me quit and I didn't let it make me quit. So what would you say for both of you is is usually the f the first thing to go? Not that if you don't get it back, but is it normally mentally or physically for you the first thing that starts to go and then you can kind of overcome? For me, it's all mental. Every race that I can tell you that I've DNF'd, it was mental. Mental. It was mental. I um, have baby feet. Yeah, Colin legit has feet problems. I call them baby feet. They don't blister, <coughs> but they just hurt so bad that I I can't keep going. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my problem the very first year doing the pistol because I just did the fifty. Yeah, like, just the fifty k. That's like I said. Jason was smacking <laughs> the head saying that. Flew through the first lap. Yeah. Um, and because I remember Laura was watching. Um, she was at home, but yeah. she was watching it online because he had the tracking. You could see your times when you come across the mats. Um, and so she's like, oh, he's going way too fast. He's going yeah. way too fast. Because I think I did the, the first loop, um, I think, in like 220. Oh, that is fast there. It, which was way too fast yeah. for me. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, oh, that's not. I, was yeah. like, I had it in my head. All right, I'm going I'm to knock this thing out in like six and a half hours. Yeah. Which for me is a um, fast 5K. I mean, a 50K, 50K is really fast for me, 50K. And uh, and then I, I went out my second loop. Friend of mine, you know, uh, 
um, Brian Brock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he went and he crewed me that year. Got back out the second loop. Made decent time. But it was about a three-hour yeah. flight on that one. So I was like, well, all right, I'm still going to come in at a decent time. Got back in for the third loop, and my feet were so blistered. Um, but I hadn't – that was the first – long i had never before that point i'd never gone more than 16 miles wow that was the longest i'd ever done so my feet were yeah. i had never i didn't put lube i didn't uh mm-hmm. didn't change socks didn't change shoes didn't i was running in um just some cheap tennis shoes <laughs> i wasn't even hadn't even thought of hokas or yeah. anything shoes didn't matter at the time it's all mental yeah. just go 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 um, Brian and I pretty much uh, walked three quarters of the last yeah. loop. Um, but I also feel like that's just ultra in general. Yeah, you always blow up at some point, and you gotta have the legs to walk it in. And I, I remember limping so bad coming up the hill back up to the school, and I finished. And right as I finished, the you know, not ten seconds after I crossed, you know, Will was standing yeah. out there, and the hundred k runner come the winner. Yeah. He finished his 100K 10 seconds after I finished my 50K. <laughs> and now he won it. And he actually set the course record. But yeah. The, but, yeah, for me, most of the time it's all mental. Yeah. But I've I've had a couple a couple physical. Mine's, mine's all mental. I feel like um, I can come back from anything physical as long as I have the time, I should say. that's right. I've kind of got into stuff where I'm slower and I've had – um, cause there forever I had real bad stomach issues. I've, I feel like I finally got that under control. Um, but Yeti snake bite, I did that. I did two really good loops. I mean, I killed it, but Colin got dehydrated. I lost him on the second loop. second loop. He had to go in. I finished it. I remember going, God, I was like you at Pistol. I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> killing it here. I've come to Georgia. I've never ran a 50 K here before. I'm killing it. Um, come through the finish line and cause that's how you run your 10 mile loops come through. I was going back out on my third loop to finish. I remember taking a drink of Coke and I will never forget. And it, I felt like, Ugh, I shouldn't have had that drink of Coke. And you, it's very hot there. Cause, um, it used to be in September this year. We'll run it in October and you run along, um, that river there, I think. And then you climb your way out of it. And I started climbing my way up on those rocks and started, like, when I say violently throwing up, I mean, I was violently throwing up. At one point, I ended up laying um, in, like, a little puddle on the trail and laying my head in it. And you're in a state park. You're, it's I think it's uh, sweet, Sweetwater. Sweetwater. So, I mean, there's legit people that are hiking. They're walking their dogs. And I'll never forget laying my head in that puddle and people going by the corner. Are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just need to lay her a few more minutes. Um, and I ended up finishing that race. And when I say I was violently throwing up, I was violently throwing up. And then tell me why I'm there at the end and I ended up passing somebody because I'm crazy. But that was one where the aid station people really helped me because I came in and um, you hit an aid station after five miles and I was just throwing up and I'm so sick after that first five miles and I came in there and that guy was like, I'm going to give you some ginger ale and I'm going to give you this cold paper towel and you're going to go back out there and finish. You got this. You're not going to quit today. And I was like, okay. And um, I went back out there and done that five miles, came in and I'll never forget coming by and seeing him. And I was like, I'm headed in to finish. And he was like, hell yeah you are <laughs> and so um 
I ran in, and that was one where the had the volunteers not being so upbeat and helpful. That would have been a real easy one for me to um, drop right there. And that's a really pretty race too. Yeah, and it's it's probably one of my it's one of my favorites. Even though I DNF'd it, <laughs> I laid in the river and like I should have been soaked. And I was like, I remember climbing up out of it, and I was like, I'm not sweating. Yeah, this could be an issue. Yeah. And then I go in, like you, you know, you walk, you have to walk in. I go walking in, and everybody's like, "Yeah, man, you got this." I'm like, "No, man, I don't got this. I ain't even close to getting this." Yeah, somebody called nine one one. There's nothing wrong with a good DNF as, oh. lo- as long as you enjoyed yourself, you gave yeah. it your all. I remember, you know, which you know, you can't talk about Sean Blanton anymore yeah, on social media. People get all upset. His race has always looked amazing. Um, I, I still have never run one of his races. I've run a lot of run bum races, um, and I feel like all the controversy from him came from women, and I always just judge people by their interactions with me, and I don't right. pay a lot of attention to what other people say, because I can only go by how you act around me, and he's always been nothing but nice to me and respectful to me. Um, I've never seen any of this stuff that people were saying. Right, yeah, I mean, um, I... I yeah, so um, I ran Cloudland Canyon this year. That was my DNF that I, I quit running um, after Cloudland Canyon. Um, and I had already um, signed up for seven trails. So um, from December to April, I literally had not ran any more than what I run at CrossFit. Um, so I showed up at seven trails and kind of we went because that was our vacation. So we were going to go spend some time in Savannah after the race, and we were headed to Hilton Head. So I think I'm going to go there, and I'm like, I've already signed up for it. I might as well just do it. And Colin was like, well, what do you think you're going to run? And I was like, yeah, you know, in a perfect world, I would get 100K, but I really think I'll only get a 50K. I was like, because I've not even trained. I just got out there, and I mean, I was just running, like, really good all day. Like, every time he seen me, he was like, you look good. He was like, I think you got 50 miles in you. I think you got 50 miles. Made it to 50 miles in. I was like, well, why quit now? And Jason was like, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And ended up finishing 100K there after I said I wouldn't run anymore after my DNF at Cloudland Canyon because I just got... Uh, for lack of a better word, I just got pissed off. I'll never forget. He pulled the car up, and I told him I was coming in, that I got pulled. And I took that pack off, and I said, I'm not signing up for another race. I'm not running again. Don't even talk to me about it. Don't even let me do it. Um, so, yeah. But I did quit for, um, what is that, about four months. Yeah. But you never say never. No, because you'll be right back to it. And never make any rash decisions after, no. especially within within 24 hours no. of finishing a race, good or bad. Yeah, because you're um, so emotional. But right. in saying that, I already signed up for Merle's Mile for the 48 hours so I can get 100 <laughs> miles. And I just did Damn Yeti the weekend before last, and then I did Hatfield-McCoy Marathon last weekend, and then I signed up for that today because I feel like if I can suffer through all that, I'm like, put me on a one-mile course, I should be able to make it around there 100 times. The the short courses to me, I remember when we did... Uh, Holston, because it was a mile like that. Um, now, I was thinking uh, down in Tennessee, um, on Run Under the Stars. Right? Yes. 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 I, I really liked that course. It was just long enough uh-huh. that you could put in some time, but not long enough that you you were always in your head, well, I could do one more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I liked that race, that course. Yeah. It, it was... Because, yeah, the Holston was quick enough that you, you, you were like that. Mm-hmm. You could always go, well, I could do one more. Yeah. Um, me, I start... I have a bad habit of counting laps and doing the math and always yeah. going, okay, now I need, for this distance, I've got to do 37 more laps. And those yeah. numbers... I do that. I feel like that's what always um, messes me up at the Yeti 100 because I do that the whole time. The whole time I know where I should be at and my time, and it's like it makes me miserable. The last time I went, I didn't do that. But also I came into Damascus like how many minutes and I had to leave. Like I couldn't even stay there. They were like, if you come in here and stay, we'll have to pull you because it was like I had three minutes. Because I wasn't thinking about time that day. Because I told him, I said, I can't do that anymore. I said, I make myself so miserable. I don't have fun. And I said, I just want to go run and have fun for once. And I had fun all day. um, And really had fun going back up to Taylor's Valley until um, he got lost and couldn't find him. Because I was like... uh, Oh, that's a good story right there. (laughs) So I lose GPS because anybody that's been on the Creeper Trail knows (laughs) there's no internet uh, service whatsoever. It's a dead spot to the world yeah so i lose my map and i'm like all i've got to do is go up here and make a right i'm going to be at taylor's valley i remember it's middle of the night yeah all these roads look the same right and i ended up driving around for two hours nothing's marked very well no and i'm pretty sure i was on some roads vehicles what it's supposed (laughs) to be on it was awful like i come by runners once and I said, well, I've got to be, you know, I'm, I'm on the creeper trail. I see lights, I think. And it was just, it was awful. Just trying to find my way. And then nobody can really give you directions because yeah. there's like only one way into Taylor's Valley from the Virginia side. In hindsight, what I should have done was drove back down to Damascus where they have, you know, the town has Wi-Fi, got my map Correct. back, went right over and drove you know, 10 or 15 minutes and I would have been at Taylor's Valley. But and yeah, it was, a, it was, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's what a, have I done That's a, a rough area to drive around in. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, I grew up over that way and, and I don't know those roads. <laughs> if I could ever take you over there, I could show you some places. <laughs> if I could ever find them again. I remember we went the, I don't remember which year it was. We rode the bus uh-huh. up. And it was the year of the, the bus, there was a storm. Oh and part of the road gosh. was closed. And they had to take a detour. And it, they went on that little gravel cliff overhang. Yes, that was my um, that was my 50-mile DNF year. That was uh, bad. And the driver got lost. He missed the turn. And, you know, and this is the driver taking the race yeah. course up. And, uh, that, yeah, that, that was the one um, I came off of Damascus and was on all fours vomiting like projectile vomiting and i kept telling colin i was like it was that stupid bus because i was hanging over the side and it looked like we were about to die but yeah that was my 50 but you get the best advice over there uh, from people like you know i've ran many miles over there with tom green and tom Mm -hmm. you know it'd be like effort your enemy he's a legend Mm -hmm. i can remember the year that uh, i think you and renee did the 50 mile me and laura did the 50k we're coming down through there my fastest mile had planters fasciitis like like walking was miserable we get down there where the waterfalls at there's a copperhead it's the fastest (laughs) mile i ran all day at one point i was taking a nap on the side of the 
somewhere between Damascus and Alvarado, I was like out. I get into the Alvarado aid station. Tom's wife Kay's there, and she's like, "Tom left these cheeseburgers, McDonald's cheeseburgers, loaded to the gill with the you know the mustard, which I don't eat, pickles, which I don't eat." You know, the the onions on it, I ate it, and, you know, that was my boost to get back into Damascus. That was the year that it rained on everybody doing the 50-miler, because I can remember <laughs> looking at Laura, and I was like, we have got to get this picked up, because we are getting ready to get soaked. Yeah, we we, got- it never rained up that way, but, I mean, oh. we could look back in the distance, and you could see it yeah, was coming. We did. It was bad. The trail was, I, I'll never forget having to walk through the trail, and it had come such a downpour that there was like standing water on the trail and i'd been running so good up until then and that rain when it came it just it killed my momentum it was all i could do just to keep walking and i remember um i ran and i made a that's when i met evan and i met yvette because we all kind of got in that little group together and we all started doing ultra math. And I was like, if we keep walking, <laughs> we're walking 1746 right now. If we maintain this, we will make it in and we're going to be okay. And we would sit down and we would be like, we got 10 seconds to just rest our feet. And we got to get up and we got to keep moving. Um, yeah, that, that's my problem is I start doing that ultra math. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go, okay, here's how many miles I have. Here's the pace I'm doing right now. And the pace I'm doing right now won't finish yeah so i'm like so that means i have to go faster than i am now and i can't do it yeah even though mentally you know well maybe in two ten minutes from now you'll be able to go faster but right now i can't and i just talk myself out of it that's and for anybody that doesn't know ultra math is the worst math to do (laughs) in the world because you're not thinking right No. no like everything is just bad at that point and like time and and Basic addition and subtracting is not your friend because you'll have yourself thinking you have to run like five minutes faster than what you're going. You're like, oh, God, I've got to really pick it up. And in all actuality, you may have to go a little bit faster and you may be able to just keep going the way you're going. I remember at the 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 pistol the first year that I did it, <clears throat> they would ask you at packet pickup if this is your first, first mm-hmm. ultra. And if it did, they wrote a big first um, time on your bib so that everybody you passed you know because it's an out yeah uh, out and back loop course um would see that big first so they would know it's your first ultra so you know kind of a a, a good um moral support thing there and that's what i remember when she gave me that and she told me she said now here's the best advice anybody will ever give you as far as running an ultra don't worry about the miles don't worry about yeah. the loop don't worry about the time just Keep going forward and and look at, okay, I'm going to make it to the next aid station. That's all you want to mm-hmm. do. Go to the next aid station and eat. And uh, she said, if you do that the whole race, you'll do fine. Yeah. And, cause, and that's so hard. It's so hard to think that during the race. Though. Yeah. Because you're out there, well, half the time I, I am... I'm by myself. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. By yourself, and you're out there all day. Like, I know at Dame Yeti, this last time at the 50 mile, I kept going um, ahead. We kept leapfrogging. And that girl finally said, uh, what are you running? And I was like, the 50 mile. And um, she was like, do you do intervals? And I was like, no, I just kind of, you know, run, walk, how I feel. And, 
you know, the goal is just uh, to be out here all day because it's going to take me all day to do right. it. And I always think that's the hardest thing when, you, when you're when you slow and you're back at the pack is you know you're not done in five or six hours. Like, you have to grind and you're just out there right. all day hustling and fighting for it. You're getting um, your money's worth out of it. Yeah, yeah, nothing comes easy, I think. And that sometimes if I start thinking about that a lot, it can really bother me. Um, I've learned I've run best when I just show up and I do just run aid station because that's how I got when everything fell off in Damascus I was like I've got to get to Alvarado I've just got to book it and when I tell you I probably passed easily 20 to 30 people between Damascus and Alvarado and then I got to Alvarado and I just looked at him and I said I've got to get to Abingdon I don't have time for any of this I don't have time I'm just I got to get to Abingdon um ran to Abingdon and then I was just like, oh, i got to get back to Alvarado. I can eat. That's all I can. No, no to Wataga. I kept saying, I can eat. And that's all I talked about. And this woman came down through there because I went past her. And I was sitting there eating at my eating my cheeseburger. And she said, look at you eating your food like you said you was going to. Because that's all I was thinking about was I get to eat when I get back to Wataga. You, know, you talk about uh, positive comments coming from other people. I can remember when uh, that year we went down and I did Big's Backyard, got mm-hmm. in the last minute. I can remember on that uh, fourth loop, which is not, <laughs> I was definitely not trained for this. But it was an experience. It was. It was a great experience, you know. To, it's, it's a historical race now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It was the year that Harvey and Guame decided to blow it out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Which makes your ultra sign up look pretty bad. <laughs> I can remember coming back in and I'd, I'd finished walking the loop because I wasn't going to turn around. I had a cramp on mile one and it. You know, I'm just not fast enough. I'm never going to be fast enough. I remember coming by and, and Harvey uh, Lewis, excellent, great person in general, yeah. a great ultra runner too, but a, a better person than anything. Comes and he's like, "Good job, man. Way to keep pushing. Even you know, you're almost back to the start line." And I didn't heard the bell ring. I knew my day was over. <laughs> I remember walking in and the lads and saying, "What happened? You was in first place." <laughs> Last hour, you was, you was tied for yep. first. And I was like, oh, I was like, Odie. And he's like, yeah. And he said, Odie's still out there because he looks worse than you do. <laughs> I'd say you hear that, hear, heard that bell in your in your nightmares for a while after that race. You know, I can just remember laying there in that tent in his front yard, sleeping and waking up and like looking over and you can just see the glare of that light, <laughs> of that timing clock, knowing, you know, it was counting down until it was going to get real. And it got real, real quick. And, you know, just the, the experience to, to see all those top-notch runners, all those people that had done amazing things in the ultra community yeah. and, and knowing they're all sitting there suffering the same way you was. And, you know, uh, several of them that, you know, were really good ultra runners lasted a couple more laps than what I did. Yeah, there was uh, some of them that, some of them put in amazing, incredible numbers, and some of them that you would think would have been able to put in more, just depending on the day. I mean, sometimes today's not your day. Yeah, um, which is ultra running in general. Right. No matter how much you train for it, how hard you work at it, there's going to be a day where you've trained your hind end off to get to the finish line, and it just, for whatever reason, just wasn't your day. Like I said, both of you look amazing. You're both doing CrossFit now, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. pretty regular. Um, well, Renee, she's a twice a dayer there. She's oh. <laughs> a lot more regular than I am. <laughs> so you don't put in the miles training for running like you used to. No, um, what I do, 
really, I would say since January is when um, our gym, and I've always been like just real competitive, and I'm real headstrong, and I'm real stubborn. So when I really put my mind to something, I usually pretty much always do it. And they started a challenge, and I can remember coming home and telling Colin when they posted about it, I was like, I'm winning it. I was like, dang, nobody beat me. I'm going to go in and I'm going to start eating right and I'm going to work on myself. Um, so that's really what did it is I'm just real competitive and they did that challenge. And because I'd been going to the gym for a while, but I wasn't eating good. Right. I mean, I was still eating like trash and was just going in and working out. I was always putting in the effort. I just didn't, wasn't fueling right. Um, so I really just started just how I lost weight the first time I lost weight. Um, just started introducing like better healthy habits like each week. And then I would get that down and then I would do something else. And I just go to CrossFit. I lift. Um, I would say, cause I read a lot about this now cause it's so interesting to me as somebody, cause I've been on both sides of it, um, to train for the Yeti 100. The first time I was running, um, 10 miles every single day. I was working at the post office at the time. So I'd work at the post office all day. I would get, remember I would park my car and I would get out and run 10 miles every single day. That's how I trained. So for me to go from that to just legit, just doing just kind of strength training and running in, you know, using my races to supplement my running and just to see, like, I think I'm much more efficient running now. And I would say it's easier for me to run because now I'm just like, oh, I just got to run 20 miles. I don't got to pick up a deadlift and I don't got to power clean and I, I can do that. So now I talk to myself like that. Um, and I think it's just helped me mentally and um, physically, but I probably, I'm in the gym. I go in the morning um, at 5 a.m. I'll be in there at 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, I stop on my way back home. Usually on my way back home, I'll work on um, some lifts, but I really like to get up on the rig and do like a lot of upper body stuff. Um, but I've noticed probably the biggest difference in um, me too is I don't have that breakdown in mileage. Um, like at Seven Trails, I hadn't ran over three miles. I think we had done a workout where we had ran three miles in that workout um, before I had went and did Seven Trails. But you can look at me like I'm always straight up, like I'm never hunkered over anymore. Um, I don't have to put my hands on my legs because I guess I just have such a stronger um, core and upper body now. So that's probably been like the biggest difference is I don't see that breakdown in me anymore. It's more like I probably could have kept going at seven trails, but I think I was um, pretty content with 100K because I felt like it was pretty right. easy and I was scared to push anymore. And I couldn't have got 100 at seven trails, but I probably could end ended up with about 75 or 80 miles if I hadn't quit when I did. But I felt really good about that because I've done um, my 100K, 50 mile and a marathon, and then hopefully I'll have my 100 mile in July, which I feel pretty good. I feel excited about it. And it's been a long time. I've not been excited about doing 100 miles or like I could even get it since the first time I did Yeti. Like, the first time I did Yeti, I knew I had done everything I could do and to line it up where I could have a chance to get it. And I feel like that this time. I feel like... I've worked really hard and I've done everything I need to do to put myself in position to finish a hundred miles. And it's just, if I'm going to go and I'm going to keep moving. Right. Um, Cause that's the biggest thing. When you have the time, you just got to stay moving. 
How beneficial do you think it would be added if you added went back to adding the mileage on running on top of your workouts too? That's what I've started doing. Oh, okay. Now I do um, like after I do my workouts, I go and do short loops because the um, Merle's Mile is just like a mile loop. So I've got to where I do like just little loops like that running. Um, I went back to doing my speed work where um, I wear my legs out and then I make myself sprint and then I slow back down again. And I make myself sprint. So we'll see how that goes in a few weeks. Because that's why I always think of like when we talk about some of the like the the bigs backyard with uh, John Blanco, his name Harvey. Yeah. Or Harvey Lewis, you know, because we think well, when we run. To maintain that that loop in that course or on some of those yeah. races, if you're running a 12, 13-minute pace, you're going to finish some of those races. But for like for me, a 12-minute pace is a good pace yes. to yeah. maintain for a distance. Same. Um, but it's still a, an impact on my body. Yeah. But you take somebody in the in the running condition like Harvey and them that are six- and seven-minute miler, mm-hmm. long-distance pace, for them, a 10 or 12 minute pace is like us walking through the mall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like their I mean, wheels will fail off. Right. That's why they're putting three and, you know, well, 300 miles. I mean, because the last year they did what? Didn't they do over 300 miles? Jeez. I was thinking the last, this past year. I think um, so. I think they did. I was did. thinking it was either right at or real, real close to it. And you, he's changed that format too. Now he has the Bigs backyard, which is for your top notch runners, and then he like the week couple weekends before or after he has Little's backyard. Oh, I didn't realize he was doing that. Yeah, I he, seen that and idea. that's just for more of you know just your average runner until you know some jackhole gets in there. It's his fall classic for yeah. the for the big Barkley. Gets in there and blows the mileage up again <laughs> on yeah. some poor schmuck like me who's just there to have a good right. time. Well, that's why I always think I, I would like to see. You know, somebody like a, a Jim Walmsley mm-hmm. or a Harvey or somebody. One of them come run the Yeti. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. You know, because, well, Jim, he's one of those runners that could just bomb down that mountain. Yeah. Like in a ridiculous pace. Yeah. And not, and not kill him to make it back up and down. Yeah. The like, I would just always be curious what that would make. But, um, yeah, we went CrossFit. Back before there were any CrossFit gyms around here, uh, Brian and I were going to core. We were trying to do CrossFit without CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. We were trying to do, we were just doing the, the workouts of the day off of the website. Yeah. Because back then, which I think they still do, post the daily workout every day. And we were just following that because there were no coaches. There yeah. were no anything. So it was just kind of us pushing each other. And we were really into it. We were talking to Jason, trying to... We we really wanted to get something started. Yeah. Because at that time, the closest CrossFit gym, I think, was in London, was CrossFit Ignis. Yeah. Um, I think I just, time. is that where I went and did, have I done a competition there? I don't think we've done a competition there, but I follow them on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, and driving all the way to London, it, you it, can't, it do, can't it. do it. I mean, I'm there a lot with work, Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't something I could regularly figure out. So we just worked it out and figured it out. But like I said, we were doing workouts in our way. Mm-hmm. What you put on your plate is one of the biggest things to yeah, help. Yeah, that's what's changed it for me. And it's not, um, I probably eat more now than I ever have. If you follow me on Facebook, I always post these pictures <laughs> of my food. Um, I just think I eat better now. And then 
Um, also, what Ultra Running had got me in a really bad habit of, and you all will agree with me, you get real used to running off sugar. Yeah. Because you come into aid stations and it's give me Mountain Dew, give me fruit snacks, give me airheads, give me um, cream pies, give me... So it's just pure junk. Um, and so just from doing that, I had gotten so used that I had bled over into my everyday life. So instead of wanting to eat food, I was basically going through life every day like I was in a ultra race, just eating pure junk all day long. Like I thought I couldn't survive if I didn't have a candy bar every day. Yeah. So or- whenever we go over for the damn midi fifty, she's like, I, "We got to go to Walmart. I got to get oatmeal cream pies." Yes, the, I- the oatmeal cream pie thing comes from Richard Higgins. Richard did a race, and he's like, "I just ate oatmeal cream pies." And she's like, "Well, hell, if it works for Richard, it surely it worked for me." And so. I get at seven trails and you like Richard is wild. Like I've never seen anybody run like him and he, he doesn't look like he could run like he does. Cause he's just this real relaxed guy. And he will just go out there and just blow through these races. That's 100 miles about every weekend. And so Richard posted about eating oatmeal cream pies. I'll never forget getting at seven trails. And I was getting so tired. And I did so good all day. I mean, they had the food truck. And I had, like, um, Brussels sprouts. And, I mean, I was eating so good. And it got about 2 in the morning. And I'll never forget being so tired. And I had went and got an oatmeal cream pie. And Colin said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to get some quick calories so I can go back out there. I can do another loop. So I'm eating this oatmeal cream pie. And that's how I finished my last probably 10 miles was I was eating oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> and for the uh, Yeti, I was eating some cream pies too. McDonald's cheeseburgers. Had my first Mountain Dew in six months because I cut out pop completely and came in at the aid station. And he said, what do you need? And I said, do you have a Mountain Dew? Because I need a Mountain Dew. And chugged yeah. like a 20 ounce Here's Mountain Dew. Here's the best Dew. part about that. She didn't realize this. All they had was Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> But I guess I hadn't had one in so long because, I mean, I chugged, straight chugged Because I seen him pouring it, and I was like, yeah, it's going to go one of two ways. Probably both of them going bad. But if she can just drink this, it'll be enough. Yeah, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, Coke was always my savior sometimes. Yeah, I like Coke. I, I, would, I, I could come in and feel so horrible. Yeah. One nice little glass of uh, flat Coke, and it was like... Turn the world around. Now I run, um, I do a Lonnie New Cherry Slush is what I want mm. in the cooler. But Damien and I went to that year. The, it, so it shows how long ago that was that we were doing it. was 2014. Wow. We went up to Cincinnati to watch one of the the professional. Yeah, the, work out. Yeah. Which uh, is insane it was, when you watch them. Yeah. Because so like, uh, yeah, Scott Panchik and Rich Froning and, yeah. you know, they were they were just ridiculous to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be motivational, but yeah. I walked away going, I'm wasting my time. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Um, I get that every time I watch Chris lift at the gym. Because he's, he's kind of like that. He can, like, lift crazy stuff and, like, finish his, in crazy yeah, time. and his movements are really good. And, They're really fluid. Yeah, and it's just, it's crazy when you watch them do it, and then like you're saying, you see yourself, you're doing it, and you're like, what am I even doing? He's like over in his elbows, just pop like up past his eyeballs, and he's like, you're going to get your elbows up, and I'm like, they don't move like that no more. But in saying that, I feel like that's probably what's changed me the most, is I started eating right, 
and then I probably lift to the point of um, exhaustion. My motto is, all I can do is drop it. I don't want to do so. Like, I'll be trying to push everything over my head because I'm like, all I do is drop it. Um, and I've been reading a lot lately, and that's, um, there's a lot of studies and stuff that goes into that that says that when you get to that point where you're consistently lifting to the point of exhaustion where you're going to drop it and you can't get it, that that's when your body really starts um, changing right. and just the amount of fat. Because um, I've really only lost about 20 pounds, but just the amount of fat that's come off of me is crazy. So I really think there's uh, something to that. Yeah, Wolfie that does the podcast with me, he has a, a nice um, CrossFit gym that he, or box, you can yeah, call it Yeah, you go to your box. Um, that he uh, he belongs to. He, he's been going there for, yeah, quite a few years now. Because Colin, um, I do my races like um, Yeti 50 Miler. I was back in the box at 5 a.m. on Monday morning. People was like, <laughs> I come in the gym, people are like, I didn't think you'd be able to walk. Um, I was like, no, I'm here to work out. We done, uh, tw- we done a wad where he had to do... Um, burpee and um, box jump overs my box i was rx and so my box was 20 inches i think my weight was 35 pounds my dumbbell and i was snatched so that's what i'm saying though is you get your body to where you're so exhausted so in theory i should be resting probably after that right. 50 mile race if i went in psychotic <laughs> but i roll into the gym and so i'm already tired and instead of backing off those 20 inch box jumps i'm like no i'm doing this today and I think that's what's helped me so much physically and mentally because that's gave me confidence because I'm like, I go in and I work out. All I got to do is just run right now. I, and it's made running so much more easier mentally to me. The mileage um, just does not wear me down anymore like it used to. And, you know, the thing about all that, too, is is once you get that muscle memory in, in ultra running, yeah. you know, I run very little. I run my mouth more than anything. Um. <laughs> But like we went up and did that marathon. At ABD. Uh, did ABD. I did uh, like 23 miles. I knew I was driving home. They had a shower. I was like, yeah, I'll take a shower. Then we go up to uh, um, Hatfield and McCoy, 26.2 miles. And, you know, other than the run ABT, I hadn't done anything up to that point. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, just whatever sprinting we do at, at CrossFit. And I'm not as dedicated at, at CrossFit as what she is. Just my job starts at five in the morning, so it kind of makes it harder for me to right. to work everything in, which is my excuse. <laughs> I was telling the uh, uh, lady that run with us, uh, it was her first marathon. I was like, once you do this, the next one gets easier. Yeah. The next one gets easier, and it all gets easier. And you could you find out that all that training that you probably should be doing, you can actually kind of sucker your body into thinking you've done it and just kind of roll out and go to a 50k and it'd be nothing to it well like um damn yeti 50 miler and i wouldn't suggest anybody does it but this is what i'm saying i guess now you'll kind of get to know how i am like i really like pain like it doesn't bother me to be physically i like it so i had done murph on sunday and so anybody that does crossfit murph is probably the hardest thing we'll ever do i had went to class all week except friday before my 50 miler and i finished my 50 miler um so that's what my thinking is going into that hundred is i've just deliberately just beat my body to a pulp for about two months now i'd say i just keep 
wearing it down, wearing it down, wearing it down and making it push. So my thoughts is when I finally, because I go to Chicago for a work trip the week of Merle's Mile, so I won't be in the gym. So I actually be rested for once going into a race. So my thoughts are um, if I can beat my body to a pulp and find a way to keep doing that mileage, when I'm finally rested and I my body's at a hundred, then when I go into a race, I should in theory be able to put some really yeah. easy miles. It'll down. be a cakewalk then. I yeah. don't think it'd be a cakewalk. <laughs> I think the wheels is going to fall off and I'm going to cry really bad. But but you'll mentally be there to come to dig I out of think that hole. So I've, yeah. I'm really excited about being in pain. Um, I think anything after is probably. Um, 70 miles is going to be a fight, but I've gotten really good at fighting my way out of stuff. Yeah. Murph is a, is a crazy, Murph's <clears throat> like said, awful. we did it the, the, that year. Um, and we talked cause we, we had, you know, uh, Tim Howard, Yeah, we had tried for months to get him to come work out with uh-huh. us up there and he finally agreed and came the day we did Murph. Oh, oh no. my God. So that was his introduction. Murph is off. He never came back. Murph is basically lying. He actually, I think, went to the hospital. Probably. Okay. He thought, he, I, I think he got... Uh, uh, Dehydrated? Uh, no, uh, uh, rhabdo. Yeah. Uh, I think. Somebody else he, got yeah, rhabdo was... recently. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, you? Plays that no mind. Uh, <laughs> Phil McCoy. Oh. Driving yeah, home. He said... A... He said, I've been pissing brown for like the past two hours. And I went, what? Yeah, when the coke goes in, it shouldn't come out that way. (laughs) And I was like, Colin, that's terrible. And he said, I've been drinking water now, though. And I was like, I think you've got to go to the hospital. And he was like, no, I'm good. I'll just keep drinking water. You don't have to go to the hospital. Um, But yeah, he's. Uh, leaving testimony, you don't have to go to the hospital if you have rhabdo. You just drink some water. Just drink plenty but we are not water. doctors. <laughs> no, so, you just drink your you water think... and you drive home two hours and you go to sleep. Right. But uh, listen um... to the cornets for more medical advice. Probably <laughs> yeah. for more dead dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever heard? Of, uh, here's a, a little clip. I would play Chad Wright. Okay. Um, you know, people struggle a lot with with just. The idea of just giving up. And I want to tell you something. I struggle a lot with the idea of just giving up. I have to tell myself verbally, many days, you can't quit. I have to tell myself that verbally. He he's an ultra runner. Uh Um he he does a group, it's called Three of Seven. Yeah. Um he pushes for uh Basically, mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, but he he does from a Christian standpoint. Yeah, um, pushing uh, the programs that he does. Yeah, but uh, he he does a lot of motivational stuff and a lot of things. I, that just made me think of it. it um, I relate to that. Probably, I could show you a message where Colin sent me probably last Friday. It was like, you can't quit. This is why you don't quit. Because um, I struggle with that really bad. I don't have any tattoos, but for some reason, after I finished... Um, Just got a new one. After I finished Yeti, I was like, I wanted to get uh, miles to go because um, I really was ready to give up running. Like, I, I was ready to give it up. This will be on me by the end of July. That's everything in my life. Like, I'll get real overwhelmed and I want to quit college. I'm, a, I'm literally getting ready to finish my bachelor's in May. I've worked really hard. 
but I'll get really real overwhelmed. And I want to quit college. I'll get real overwhelmed sometimes and just, I want to quit everything because it, I think it goes back to that anxiety and I overthink and I feel too much and quitting is just easier. If you right. want to be honest, quitting something is really easy. Um, and I think that's what Jason, I keep thinking about that where you play that at the beginning. And I think that's what he's saying is even when people say, oh, you just ran a 50K, oh, you just did this, they're taken away from the fact that you didn't quit. Because there's right. probably five or six times during that 31 miles that you wanted to quit, that it would have been real easy for you just to sit down and have a pity party and give up and make an excuse. Like, it would have been real easy for me to quit in Damascus. And probably um, two or three years ago, I would have quit in Damascus. Yeah. I would have been like, this is it, Colin. I can't go on. I've just, I've got to finish. I'll never make my time up. I can hear everything I would say, like, r running it right down. Um, except this time, I was like, I'm not quitting. This is not how... I'm going down like I'm not doing this right. and I remember um I relate to Jason a lot because he likes to listen to really depressing music when he runs <laughs> um if you've ever heard my playlist which Colin we do Apple music shared together and he'll get my music and he'll go my gosh how do you run to this who wants to run to this stuff um and so this song I kept listening to and repeat going to Abby and it was like are you ready to die yet and I was like no I'm going to Abingdon I'm not ready to die I'm ready to finish this race um so I really relate to that um giving up and I think that's what I like so much about ultras is it takes me into that deep dark place to where I want to give up, to where I want to quit, to where it would have been so easy. And then it's like to fight my way and pull my way out of that, I think, is what makes me so happy and it makes me so proud. And it probably makes me feel um, the most alive that I've ever felt. And I think that's what I like about ultras. It's, it's that journey. I mean, and that's just life in general is life isn't always easy. Like no. life just flat sucks sometimes. Like sometimes you just want to quit and you don't want to do anything. And it's easier to give up and it's easier to stop. And you have those highs and you have those lows and your highs are really high and your lows are really low. And I think that's how ultras right. um are so i think for everybody that probably likes doing ultras that's why you really like doing them right. is because it's that journey that you're on i mean because it's really a journey you know that if you've ran and it was like you were talking about earlier and you were like and i know but i'll talk myself out of it because i have this pace and i go i can't do this but also i know in two more hours i probably can run that fast again right. because it's just that journey you go on i mean it's just that's what i like about it I like about, my favorite part about ultra running in general is um, I like pushing and doing things that people don't think that, that you can do. I mean, because you, oh, you yeah. have to be, mm -hmm. you have to have that mindset that, you know, hey, I'm 250 plus. I probably shouldn't be out here running right now, but I'm still doing it. And I like how that, um, you know, we meet so many interesting people, have so many family you know, we go to races and we see the same people over and over again and develop great friendships with people. And it's all been, you know, due to just the ultra running community, you know, like with you and Laura. That's, you know, that's kind of how we all got, even though we met, you know, years ago at Cub Scouts, right. that ultra running was kind of what connected us together. And, you know, Richard and Arabella, you know, every time we see them, it's just like you see family again, and, and mm -hmm. you know, with all the Yetis. 
you know, that's family. Whether you know you personally know them or you don't know them, I mean, we've met some really, really great people. Uh, uh, Nick and Amber, we uh, did the was it the hundred, mm-hmm. the hundred last year, and, and you know I was crew, he was crewing his wife Amber, Nick was, and I was crewing Renee, and like they were right about the same pace, and so like I seen him at Straight Creek, I seen him at Damascus, I seen him. At Alvarado, I seen him at Wataga, you know, and, and you get the these connections with people. Right. For me, that's the most enjoyable part is just getting out there, you know, uh, and crewing is just a whole another beast in its own because you know, like she said, within within five minutes of her seeing her race had completely turned upside down, mm-hmm. and you're always like trying to be. Uh, <laughs> Dion Warwick trying to figure out what they're going to need the next time you see right. them. I was just like, help me, help me. That was literally all my messages I could get out. Need help. Going to the bathroom. I need help. Come forget me. And I remember, never forget being in the bathroom. And he was like, uh, I think my wife Renee's in there. I was like, I'm here. I'm here. I remember running uh, the Urban Nature mm-hmm. in Chattanooga. In Chattanooga. Yeah. <clears throat> I ran it. I come up on this guy. We weren't, it was almost finished. We were probably less than a half mile from yeah. the finish. And uh, I come up on this guy and he turned and looked at me. Because normally I'm not competitive in a race. Yeah. I, I'm just usually not. I'm competing against myself. I want to do yeah. the best I can. But I know there's, I'm not going to compete with the best of the best. Same. And um, a lot of times I'm dead last. Um, yeah. And I, I've come to terms with that. Yeah. And uh, but I come up on this guy, and at this that race, I was in probably some of the best shape I was in. Yeah. Um. But I, I mean, I've always I don't say always, but I've been a bigger guy yeah. for years and years and years. And so I come up on him, and he turns, and I kind of slow down right as I get up to him, and he looks at me. And he's like, "Oh, you're running really good for a big boy." <gasps> Oh, my God. That's like the guy at the Tweetsie Trail. That year we did the race, and he's like, good job, good job. And I looked over at Dave, and I said, I swear, if he fucking says that one more time, that's it. I, it's going to be on, because I have had it. Yeah, that was a rough one, too. God, that guy rubbed me. That was when your uh, your nipples chafed. That <laughs> bled you, so yeah, bad. He was wearing that yellow shirt, and I like looked back on it because it was blood. I was like, oh, God, this is bad. But, yeah, that guy at the Urban, that's what I told him. I said, well, try and hang on, then. Oh, and I God. took off, and I was going to die before I let him catch me. And uh, he, he never did. Yeah. And... Uh, that was the the most competitive I've ever been. It was like I said last five minutes yeah. of the race. We did Grayson Highland, and um, we come into the aid station. There's one aid station on the half on the half marathon course. We come into the aid station. I'd done it the year before, so I knew you know what to expect. Once you leave that aid station, you're climbing back to the top of that mountain. So I get at it, and I've not had anything to eat, you know, other than just the water that I'm packing or whatever. And I'm sitting there eating, and that guy looks at me and said, you think this is a buffet? I said, I know what's getting ready. To, I know what's coming. So we go up through there. I pass probably 10 people going up through there because I can, for whatever reason, I can hike like nobody's business. And yeah. I keep hiking up through there, and I pass these people. And there's this man standing there with his wife, and she's leaned up against the tree, and she looks like death warmed over. <laughs> And I just go right on past them. Well, she goes to Quest for the Crest. That's, that's the year that I volunteered at Quest. And that's when we I first met Arabella. I rode around with her, and she dropped me off there. You know, you go in because it's, what is it, six, seven miles, eight, something there like that. 
and there's no aid station whatsoever. Like the only place you work at is the finish line. So we're there, and this guy's like, she's like, this is going to be the aid station. He's like, and I'm wearing a Grayson Highland shirt, and he's like, oh, I remember you. Uh, I passed you going up there. I said, no, you didn't. I said, I passed you, and your wife was leaned up against the tree. So it made for an awkward day for me and him, because I was like, yeah, you let a fat guy beat you. And he just like looked at me, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy just said that. But I, I kind of looked like I could you know, back up whatever I said. Right. Yeah, I I always enjoy that. That's what I want to get back into more is more of the 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 Barkley style, yeah. the the crazy climbs. The um, Quest is definitely that. Yeah, and it's I like it's Quest probably it's I like Grayson Highland, but Quest is probably one of my favorite races just because they can't pull you. Yeah. We're coming in, you know, you're talking about being DFL, so we come in. Uh, me and her run it. What, two years ago? Yeah. We, like, last year, maybe? The year before last. COVID's through. I, yeah. well, I messed up all I my timing it. as far as years I was telling ago. him, because we were talking about it, and I said, I always do it a year, and then I take a year off, because I think it dawns on me how bad the race is. And then by the time the next year comes up, I'm ready to do it again, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that race. It's like pregnancy. Yeah, and then. <laughs> so we come so in. So this was my off year, because I'd done it the year before. So we come down through there, and she's like, you're going to have to run. You're going to have to run. And I didn't want to run. No. It, but it's not horrible. It's not a horrible right. run at that. So we get down there, at, and it's like you're probably a half mile away from the finish line and these two women had cut off to the right for some unknown reason hmm. and renee starts down behind them and i'm like that ain't the way you go <laughs> you ain't gonna get there i ain't been on i've not been on this course but i knew that like <laughs> that's not you right. wasn't gonna get there so i just take off running and like you come you come through a little river before you get to the finish line and i remember coming across that river and going this is the first race of yours i've not been dfl <laughs> it was the most awesome thing ever but yeah there there's iron mountain yeah we're signed up for I, it again it's one of those that are like the yamacraw yeah. to me still the yamacraw for some reason is the one that the year i run the 50k there <clears throat> i you know you, you you're in a pack when you start out yeah. the first ten minutes, and then everybody finds their their pace and their group. and And there was these other two guys that I was kind of with, mm-hmm. and I was like, we were pretty much same pace. And I was like, well, we'll probably be together for quite a while. And they start pulling out uh, airplane bottles, the little liquor bottles, just chucking them oh, like every probably five ten minutes. They just chuck a bottle, and then they throw it in their pack, and we're going along and. You can see them getting drunker and drunker yeah. as we're going along, and then they got pulled at the first uh, <laughs> first aid station we come to because it was kind of getting kind of humorous <laughs> listening to them talk and just. But then I left that aid station and I never saw another soul the entire rest of that yeah. race. I was by myself, other than coming into aid stations. That's me every race. I have I yet ride. to do a race in Kentucky. Right. We've been signed race. up for Yamacraw. Haven't got to do Yamacraw for whatever reason. Been signed would, up for Big Turtle. Everybody should it. go do Yamacraw. At the very least, go do the 10K. Yeah. The 10K, the first, the first, the very first time I ran it, um, they did the 10K in the spring, um, or in the fall, and then the uh, 50K in the spring. So I went and run that because they did it 
during their whatever their mm-hmm. festival is. It's kind of like po- their poke salad festival over there. But their town gets so behind yeah. the race and everybody coming in, kind of like Damascus. And, yeah. 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 Nothing like Harlan. No. Harlan no. could care less about any of that. Um, no. And, 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 you know, whenever you go to little towns like Mate One, West Virginia, which was interesting, which was the whole reason. Once I found out we we're going to Mate One, I wanted to go because I, I have a personal interest in Mate One, West Virginia. So I know we're going. And like their town is grown. It's mm-hmm. like it's a small town, probably the you know one of it would be a really small town even in a heart and around here. But they all get behind it, mm-hmm. and you know you go to places like that, and you're like, God, why can't these people just quit fighting long enough to realize uh-huh. there's a market? You know, we yeah. were at the Runners Market in Knoxville and heard people talking about the Yamacraw. And it draws people from New York and oh yeah, people and I mean they got like probably a family dollar in a dollar store. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking um, at, the at Hatfield McCoy they had over forty some states that yeah. showed up over there to do that race. That's good. Yeah, like uh, well, Damascus, the Yeti. Yeah, I mean everything yeah. that Jason's done. I mean the creeper trail and the bikes is yeah. what built is what that. it is. Yeah, um, oh, but I, I know Jason really helped that, but yeah. they're. Damascus is a town of 600 people. Yeah. Tiny. I mean, it's less than half the size of Harlan. Yeah. But yet they bring in over a million people a year in tourists. And it's mostly in the spring, summer, and fall. All biking. Well, and runners and hikers. and Yeah. Yeah, because they're pretty central to to the Appalachian Trail. Years ago, that was always one of mine. That yeah. I was like, oh, I, want, I would really like to do that. And we've still talked about not through hiking the entire yeah. thing. But I would like to do a section, us go down and hike from uh, um, Elizabeth down in Tennessee. Yeah. Outside of Elizabeth and where it comes through um, to Damascus. Yeah. It, it'd take about two two days, a, a nice one-day hike, set up camp enjoy the the evening and then finish the next day in damascus we've talked about doing that a lot to get that experience of i've got a friend and she um she's hiked a lot of miles on the appalachian trail but she section hikes it all Mm. the time um she doesn't throw hike but she's done a lot and it's really pretty i like looking at her pictures yeah Yeah, one of my cousins she threw hiked it uh um the summer she graduated Mm -hmm. high school took off you know, that March or May, um, her and her boyfriend, and they did it. Um, now, they finished late, <laughs> but uh, but they started late, too. Um, yeah. But uh, they did it, and I was always like, something I'd like to do, but I don't know. It's one of those things, like we were talking about, you know, I really want to get back into lifting and CrossFit yeah. and working out, and um, it's just that, that, that first that day. That first day. Yeah. It's, we all have these, uh, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and But once you do it that first day, once yeah. you make that commitment, mine is I, uh, I I do something, and Laura gives me a hard time about it all the time. I do something, uh-huh. and then I get, like, obsessive committed to it. Yeah. Look at this. Are you, ADH- <laughs> are you ADHD? Um, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm and, ADHD. Uh, a little, little OCD. Yeah, a little, uh, That's how I am. Um, um, I'm real hyper-focused on CrossFit right now and Noble um, shoes. I probably have 12 pairs already. <laughs> addictions are good, and, as long as they're good addictions. And ultra. Keep it focused. Yeah, 100. And I think probably a lot of people... Um, that ultra run um, and workout, I probably would say about all of us have addictive behaviors, and that's yeah. how you funnel it in um, a healthy way, because not to be real dark, but oh, right. my yeah. dad was an alcoholic. My sister was addicted to drugs. So 100, if I didn't funnel mine um, in healthy ways, I would be, you know, it would be dark right. yeah, and twisty would. and bad. Yeah, and, because there's a lot out there in the world yeah. that wants you to... It makes it so easy to to do the negative. Yeah. Um, so keeping it positive is. A, yeah, I think that's probably why I like running. Is it? Um, I don't know. It takes me to that dark place, and I can pull myself out of it. And it always lets me know I'm an overcomer, and I can do anything. I can't think of that quote from the the guy in the Barkley Marathon. Uh, Dave, I believe it's David Horton. David Horton says everybody could use a little more discomfort in their life. Yeah. And, you know, for that's ultra running, that's CrossFit, that's doing something that, you know, that's going to be hard. Right. Like, I don't think people understand or realize that whenever you do, whenever you go into this ultra running and you go in, you know, the CrossFit or whatever, any type of uh, athletic, most people are not going to be ultra successful at this. Mm -mm. You know, you're not going to be. You know, I, I have no hopes or aspirations of, of being at the CrossFit Games or, you know, being on the front of any trail runner magazine unless it's like a missing persons and they, they can't find me because I'm so late finishing a race. I just like going out and just pushing. Yeah. You know, every race I go to, I know I'm probably going to be back of the pack. If not the last person to finish, if I even get the opportunity to finish at all. But I just like doing the push. Yeah. And, I mean, you meet some really interesting people, you know. You you can be the best you yeah. that you mm-hmm. can be. I, um, Jason, he said something um, this time at the start of our race, and he was like, you get to do this. He was like, you get to right. be out here today, and you get to do this. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy your day. And he said, and don't quit. He said, keep going. Don't quit. I'll see you in Abingdon. And that just really stuck with me. I was like, I'm not quitting today. I'm going to see him in Abingdon. I'm going to finish this race. I'm not quitting um, because I get to do this. And I remember um, I started out the race and I had my little unicorn headband on and I was like, I get to do this. I'm running down Damascus Mountain. I get to do this. And um, even when the wheels fell off, I was like, I get to finish. I'm going to finish. Um, And that just really stuck with me. And something else I always think about is when I first started ultra running, I get real, I'm like, you know, I get real hyper-focused on stuff. So I was reading everything about it. And I remember reading this study, and it was saying about um, how much, um ultra runners are better workers and about how all that translates over into just your everyday life and i always think about that like even at my job i do now because like it's nothing for me to go in and i gotta stay up and i'm on my feet all day and i'm moving and i'm picking and i'm lifting and i don't get overwhelmed when stuff starts hitting the fan 
And somebody asked me about that one day, and I said, this is easy. I said, this, you you got me here at work, and I'm like, the wheels are, it's easy. I said, I'm used to climbing up a mountain 18 miles, and there's right. no soul around, and I'm going, if I don't fix my stomach, a helicopter's going to have to come get me, because I can't get down. Um, so then it's like you're problem solving. So I always um, think about that, about how all of that just translates over um, into our everyday life and even with CrossFit that's the big thing with it is it's your functional fitness right. so it's really um, preparing you for your everyday life and so um, it all works hand in hand yeah I've talked to a, a lot of people who run the Yeti and other ultras yeah. and I've talked to a lot of them that say I that I quit yeah and I wish I hadn't have quit and yeah. I have never met one person that finished and said, I wish I would have quit at mile 70. I know. That's me, I mean, the it, Yeti. It's... I hate talking about it. You can watch me when I talk about like, I get so upset. Um, I remember getting in the car, and he went in a gas station to get something, and he come back out, and I was having a like mental breakdown, crying, and I was like, I shouldn't have quit. Why did I quit? Why did I do this? I knew right. better. I should have stayed. Um, and I kept beating myself up, because then I went and got my watch, and where I thought I was so slow and I wouldn't run. And when I went back and looked at my pace, I was on pace to finish a hundred miler. Really good. I was on pace to a really good hundred miler when I just quit because it just got too hard. Um, You can't make any decisions now for Mm -hmm. how it might be later. Yeah. Because I guarantee later is going to be different. Yeah. Um, And all I think about is if I would have just stayed moving, I would have made it up to White Top. Probably had the most humongous burst of energy because what would oh, feel yeah. what would feel better than making it up there? And I'm like, then you got that easy, you know, easy, easy downhill, <laughs> that easy last yeah, that miles. easy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think about that all the time. I'm like, I would have already had a hundred by now. So yeah, yeah. But you'll get it. Um, I think I think Merle's miles. My, I feel good about it. I feel really good. I'm really hyper focused on races right now, so I've been signing up. <laughs> so, you, do you think, like talking about being competitive, not yeah. being competitive? Because, I, like I said, I'm not competitive in an ultra against other people. No, but do you me think in CrossFit has pulled out more of a competitive person in you all? That, um, or you still like to just do the best you can do? And I like to compete with me. Like I like to be the best. What? He's. Oh, I can't. Everybody. When people describe me, they're always like, even people I work with, aggressive, intimidating, competitive. And I just always feel like I'm just happy-go-lucky. I don't see this stuff. I don't know. I like to compete with me. Like, I don't I don't have any illusionment that when I went over and did Demi Hitty that I thought I was going to beat anybody over there. Because I'm slow. Like, I know 100 going in, I'm going to be out there all day. I'm going to do the best I can. In saying that, I have a CrossFit competition, um, Summer Seasler, and it's an individual competition. So that's in July. So I'm really working and training to get in my best shape because I want to go there and be competitive because I right. feel like I can go there and be competitive. Um, but in saying that, am I going to get tore up because I've been in enough of these competitions when somebody comes out there and throws 300 pounds <laughs> over their head? No, because I can't do that. Um, and I think that if you do things in life to be better than other people, that's when you quit because you're always going to run up against somebody that's faster than you and stronger than you. So your why really at the end of the day 
has to be you against you. Like, I mean, I wake up at 5 a.m. I don't wake up at 5 a.m. because I want to go in there and I want to beat everybody in there. Because, I mean, I get my head wore out all the time. I wake up at 5 a.m. because I want to look better and I want to feel better and I want to get better mentally. Um, And that's what helps me. It sets my day. When I wake up, I get up at 421, which is this really odd number. Um, But that sets the tone for my entire day. Um, So it really is me against me. I think I'm competitive with Colin. She's the worst partner ever. (laughs) The worst CrossFit partner ever. The worst person to crew. Don't let her lie to you. I talk. I think that's where people say I'm aggressive because I'm very vocal. Like I like I always say how I feel. Like I'm not scared. Now in saying that, I've only crewed David and Renee. So, but David was a whole lot easier to crew. Can't really say you're saying David's nicer than me. David was nicer to me than what you are to me. Really but now, in saying that, David may be a little rougher with Laura than what he was with <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I would say that's true. There's something about, I always feel like, because I had a CrossFit partner, Brandon, and he loved being my CrossFit partner. He was like, I think you're so nice. And I was like, And I love Brandon being her CrossFit partner. And I was like, Colin said he will never be my CrossFit partner again. Like, And I can remember him. And I knew it was bad because he was doing the workout. And it was wild walks. And he couldn't get back up on the wall. And I looked at him. And I said, just get up and let me do it. And I'll never forget the uncomfortable look on our judge's face. Because um, I'm looking at all your Funko Pops. It was oh. almost like the dinner episode. Oh, oh, and yeah. the judge just looked so <laughs> uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm literally like, we're Michael Scott and Jane right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been in that situation. In my defense, she said, can you do four wall walks? Yes, I can do four wall walks. Can Colin do four wild walks for four rounds in like a twelve minute setting? No. Colin can't do and this is what makes me like I do think I'm a terrible person for this because you can literally watch his body breaking down like he can't do it and I have no sympathy in me I'm just wanting like that's when my competitive I'm like I want to finish this we're fin. I'm like we're not quitting on this one I was like get up just get up and let me get down there and do it. just get out of my way um, yeah, all you gotta do is move your hands all you gotta do that's yeah, all, and all I, kept I gotta screaming. do I was like She's move like, your hands all you have to do is move your hands and then I had to do all the jump rope, which I knew going in. But this is also where I'm, like, real different than other people. Like, I like pain, and I don't want you to be nice to me. And he kept going, you are doing such a great job. You're jump roping so good. I was like, shut up and quit talking to me. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really. Which was highly uncomfortable, too. For everybody. For everybody. Yeah. everybody. Well, more, more so them than me, because I, I had he's already come to used expect to it. Because yeah. he's around... Um, crazy Renee when I'm doing all this stuff all And you the know time. the thing about this is is like any race she's ever come with me to it's always a race she can't crew at like yeah. she goes with me to the Barkley I mean I never see her like no. I see her go by but she can't crew me or anything I'm just out there you know but dying on my own I talked trash to you at Barkley this year too yes you did but he also went further so I felt like that was in part due to me because that was not in doing part to her <laughs> he crossed the he crossed the creek and I was like oh Laz I can't think how Laz said it but basically Colin was in the people that weren't going to finish and I was like Laz just said that you're in the danger zone group and I was like you better not oh, wow. go I was like you better not go up here to this uh 
aid station and hang out and he kept trying to get water and drink and he's going up chimney top which is like really hard part of the race i was like you need to get up that mountain right now i was like get up the mountain and he was like i'm going going." here's a beautiful part about this she's never got to experience the joy of chimney top no she's did she's been on bird and north bird she's never did chimney top this year we went across the pillars of doom which i thought was pretty cool because uh, I'd seen it in the movies, but I was wondering, you know, really, it's oh, it's so easy to get to, right. you know, from from uh, the trail that you're on on Bird. Um, I wish that uh, uh, I could have got just a little bit farther, but I did go farther, you know. Yeah, I was waiting on him at the jail. Like, I legit thought, like, this was his year. I was like, he's getting a marathon because, like, I was tracking him. And he killed it. Like, he was checking in everywhere. Like, he was hitting everything. The biggest thing was, you know, with it just being so wet. Yeah. You know, it just, it slowed that Congo line down. I think that was the lowest finisher rate was last year. And I believe it was. before that, it was the year before. Yeah. But last year's had the lowest finisher rate than the year before. Um, but I just remember yeah. sitting over there at the jail because I was waiting on him. Because I, I mean, I really thought he was making it there. And I was just watching all these runners come in there. And if you run, you kind of know who, like, you know the runners that's going to be fast. And at the front of the pack, they just have a look to them. And I was watching all these, like, front runners come in there. And they were completely destroyed. Like, just <laughs> destroyed. And I remember sitting there going, what is this doing to Colin right now? Like, what is he out there having... Um, done to him and watching him try to get up. Um, that was is it right jaw? Yeah, was it right jaw where I was at over by the jail, or is that meth lab? No, it wasn't. It was. What do they call that? It was testicle spectacle. Testicle and it's, it's the one steep. It's like just watching them because you can see them there for a little bit going up by the jail, and it was just watching like these really fit runners just fight and crawl and just slide and try to get up that, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and you know, climbing up to the tower there, it was just, it was just trash. I mean, there's yeah. no way to get footing. No matter, I don't care what kind of shoe you had, you was not getting real good footing. People look like they had been in just mud, like dipped in it was. mud. Like I've never, I have See, never I didn't even been get to experience right jaw because I, I got that, you know, that we, one little taste. Yeah, the way. And then I was like, no, I'm never going back. And then I. Yeah, uh, he, he was me at Cloudland Canyon. He had a complete meltdown when I drove him out of there. He was yeah. like, don't even ask me to run. Don't even talk to me about running. I quit. I'm done. I'm never running again. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, the way he had the course that year, Rat Jaw was farther on into the course. But see, we never went to uh, Chimney Top. Chimney Top. Because for our, our race, Chimney Top. Um, chimney top was after the marathon mm. just after oh, wow. the decision point wow. is you went through that section and then come back out jeep road oh um, god so okay. it was and, and you know it's just crazy how he changes that around and it's yeah. always the same distance the <laughs> year that you both years he's done it you've had to do chimney top which is where the wheels fell off the first year that's where he lost it but then this year i felt like he I was tracking him, and he done real good on chimney top. Our biggest problem was our ours because we started, we went up uh, Bird, Bird Mountain was the yeah. first, and then we went way up top, out of the park, mm. um, onto whoever there. There's a section that you go out, and then you come back in, um, up by the tower. 
Um, and that's where we got lost um, because, and which I've said that before, there, he had a, it wasn't a decision point and, and they don't mark that race hardly no. anything, but there was um, a big turn that we come to. It was a nice down mm-hmm. and a nice up. And we weren't sure. It looked like on the map we would take the down. Yeah. Um, and most everybody we were coming up behind was just shooting off down, blitz, yeah. blitzing down that mountain. And so we were like, well, that's where we went. The one guy that I stayed with for a big portion of that. And we get down there. And then, you know, we're on that probably a mile and a half, two miles. Yeah. And it's just down, 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 down. And then you start seeing people coming back up. And we're like, we're not supposed to go up, are we? And they're like, this is the wrong way. <gasps> and we're like, oh. so we turn around and go back. And then you have to go up the, that yeah. part of the trail. And and that added a good hour yeah. to our time. Oh, yeah. Because I came into the church at, uh, I think I was like seven minutes over. Mm-hmm. And I had it in my head still thinking, these aren't hard cutoffs. These are, he's going to let us and we come oh, yeah. we, we come busting into the 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 aid station or uh, i don't want to call it an aid station there's a picnic table next to the church with, with, water. with water on it and uh, <laughs> we come up to it and we're like yeah you know, they're like go ahead and get you something to drink and go ahead and have a seat truck will be here in a while oh no and we're like That's well we're not that far over, are we? and they're like nope <laughs> That's the worst feeling that was me, the Yeti, my second DNF Yeti 100, and had wasn't trained. That was when Black Jewel happened and Colin lost his job, and I went from having a real nice, cushy life to painting houses and cleaning and doing all this fun stuff for a living, so I didn't get to run for probably like a couple months. It was sporadic training, and I'd already paid for it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to do my best, and I was really proud because I felt like I kept moving and I was really doing my best. And I still felt good. I'll never forget walking into Abingdon. And, I mean, I still was, like, moving good. Um, and I remember this. That's when me and David walked yeah, out there. Yeah, and nobody was up there. And I've learned when you're going to get pulled from a race, nobody <laughs> wants to look at you. Because nobody wants to tell you you're done. Yeah, they don't want to be the bad no, guy. No, and I remember walking up there and I, they weren't looking at me and they weren't going... Good job, and I remember I looked at Colin and maybe you, and I said, they're going to pull me, aren't they? They're pulling me, aren't they? Because I was wanting you all to go ahead and tell me so I'd be prepared, and you was like, Colin kept going, no, mm-mm. Dave was like, you look good. You look good. You still got some miles in you. And I was like, they're pulling me. Just be honest. They're going to pull me. Uh, got up there. They pulled me. I got so pissed off over that. I was so mad because it's kind of like David. I was like, oh, so these are hard cutoffs. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, especially for Jason's races, yeah. it's kind of like, you never really know. Yeah, so um, I was like, oh, so y'all really doing this today, aren't you? you really <laughs> pulling people today. Um, and then, you know, my last day, you know, if I came into Damascus and it was like, oh, yeah, going up the mountain. And, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going to finish. I was already so behind. But um, I guess it just depends on um, the day. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess we need to wrap it up. But yeah, Black Jewel, all of that, we need to get into that another time. Yeah. That I think there's a, a story there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh just life altering story. Yeah. yeah. And uh everything's about overcoming. Yeah. So um but 
Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, I'm glad you all could come up. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's always fun. Like I said, the only reason I do this is because it's an excuse to hang out and talk. Yeah. All right. We'll go ahead and close her on out. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also, check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.